So that's well, it. So guys, hey, hey, and, I'm going to go. And Eric, you're doing, a, you're doing a damn good job at it. Keep Thank it up. You yes, much. you are. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. And um, you guys, you guys take it easy. And um, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thank Absolutely. You so much, Thanks, Eric. Take care. Take care. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's do it. And welcome to Niners Radio, and I'm your host, Brian Bauer, and my co-host, Jeff, will be along shortly. And we have always our beautiful Dina, our producer and on-air talent. And today is a big show, guys. We have Heath Evans and Jim Walker joining us later with the Audrey Rose story. Cannot wait to hear that. Cannot wait to hear that. Um, Heath will be on in about 15 minutes, so I'd like to go over a couple things that we're going on with the 49ers this week. And Anthony Davis has officially moved over to right guard and is on the first string, along with Joe Staley at left tackle. Davis said he learned a lot from watching and going back to tapes from Mike Ayupati, who thinks he's still one of the best right guards in the game today. Colin Kaepernick has thrown uh, two days in a row, and the strength is back on his throws, and Patton Ellington said it's definitely there. Uh, he threw Wednesday and Thursday last week for about 25 minutes, and then uh, 40 minutes on game day with Ellington, who sat out of the game. Uh, the last two days have been nine, 90 minutes of practice, and they expect to start on this Friday, but Chip Kelly wouldn't commit to how long. Um, there, there, as long as there's no setbacks, uh, Ponder is expected to get a second shot, possibly with the twos, and Driscoll with the threes, not knowing. Uh, I'm sure Blaine will get a little play there, but obviously I think they've seen enough of Blaine of what he can do. Um, Beatles was replaced in earlier this week in uh, practice. Uh, for Joshua Garnett, and some people are asking why that would happen. And the rumor is Beatles could be the backup for at center for Kilgore with the troubles with Marcus Martin struggling again with the second team. Well, what was more interesting is uh, Jim O'Neill said it's almost a moot point at this point, um, and no shocker to anyone, but Ward and Brock are probably going to be our outside starters and at uh, left cornerback and right cornerback. But the real question is, who starts at that nickel? And the competition really is going to be coming down to Reeser, Robinson, and Redmond. So, you know, again, you still have two games left in the preseason. We'll see. um, This week they had a kind of closed practice, so the media was not allowed this week in there. Um, so we'll kind of see on Friday um, if anything has changed from that. Um, but he also said it could change on game-to-game basis on opponent, which is very interesting, very interesting. Um, 
And also, if you'd like to go to this week's game on 49er.com, they are offering $25 tickets for the game uh, while tickets last. Uh, this is the biggest game because it is the dress rehearsal where starters usually play into the third quarter uh, before starters get pulled. Um, and same with that, um, you know, I'd like to go over a couple things uh, before um, going into the interviews we have set up. Um, the... 49ers obviously win 31-24 over the world champions on four turnovers and six sacks. The big playmaker, I think, is Marcus Rush. He had three sacks, and I think at this point he's had two great games, and I think he does deserve a starting spot, along with Garrison Smith, who's another defensive lineman who had five tackles and one sack. And check this out. Ronald Blair had 51 snaps in the last game. I mean, I think that's just amazing. I really do. I think that's amazing that, you know, this guy, he gets, he seems to get better and better with his technique. Um, he's very mentally sound. Um, there's a lot of momentum going forward. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, pushback with him. Um, so, again, I, I think these are guys that definitely make this team. Um, without a doubt. And, you know, they were moving the ball. Denver was moving the ball. And it looked like it was all momentum Denver. Then out of nowhere, the game changed. And how did that game change, everybody? The Eric Reed 42-yard pick six changed that entire game, I believe. Jumped the route, pick six. Hurdles over the quarterback, touchdown, game changes. Um, you know, Eric Reed um, had a kind of a quiet year last year, but at the same time, I think he was going through some 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 nagging injuries. So we're going to find out if we have the old or new Eric Reed. Um, he does have an option for next year. I'm sure the 49ers will pick that up, um, but they are looking to extend him long term. Um, not knowing, you know, Bethea, he's 31 years, I think he just turned 31 years old. So we're going to find out what happens at that position. Because knowing that you have, you know, someone, you know, someone that has um, the position at cornerback that was really brought in as a safety, um, you know, do you change that? Does does someone like a, a Robinson come in and take over that spot? And you know, it, it's it, there's a lot of questions with this team, guys. A lot of questions. Now, um, the big one that I kept on rewinding over and over and over again was the touchdown for Carlos High. Trent Brown and Andrew Tiller blew up that right side. And if you still have it on tape, go back and check it out. I mean, <laughs> they just opened a hole that, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That was just amazing. That was textbook blowing up someone. All the momentum just blew these guys, 
blew the two uh, defensive end in the, in the nose tackle away, walk-in touchdown for Carl Side. Um, and we have to remember, you know, we're doing this with all with Buckner, Armstead, and Lynch, all that did not play that game. So it's very interesting to see, you know, what's what's going on, what's going to happen with that situation. Um, you know, with those, with those three, obviously Lynch has a four-game suspension. But at the same time, you want to make sure that when when Lynch is ready, when he comes back for, oh, I believe that's the Cardinal game. Yeah, I believe it's a Cardinal game on October, what is that, 6th, I want to say. Yeah, October 6th. He comes back, uh, you know, he's put back in his his place, and uh, you're kind of off to the races. And I, I believe with Chip Kelly, he's going to have a rotation line uh, the way it should have been done, I think, even with Jim Harbaugh. So, and now let's talk about some of the more similar stuff that happened. Um, could you, I mean, he made that amazing catch in the third quarter. I, I still don't know how he caught it. I mean, he had two guys around him, goes up, catches it, and that was the thing, him coming out. You know, that he, the guy, he, he just goes up and gets the ball, makes amazing catches. Um, I'm just really excited to see what he can do uh, going on there. I, I definitely think he's one that definitely makes his team um, – you know, and then obviously the the one that kind of put the game away, Ponder, uh, great touchdown pass to Drace Anderson. Um, you know, I from from what I understand, that was not his first read; it was his second read. Uh, he he beat the safety, threw it up there. Anderson gets under it, touchdown, game over. Now, as far as who's going to play next to Tory Smith. From our sources, Patton, Simpson, and Kajus are all in line for that position. Okay, so those three, this is a huge game for those three to, to play to the best of their ability, and we're going to find out who wins. Obviously, I think a lot of us would like Patton, uh, but Simpson, you know, Simpson's been blowing past people. Um, he will go over the middle. Kajus, you know, a lot of people say, well, he's more a possession guy, but, you know, maybe that's what you need, you know. When we had one, you know, as far as, you know, <laughs> as far as a wide receiver, you know, what do you bring? You don't want the same people because, as we said, you know, we have a lot of people say, well, you have all twos. Well, you need different kind of position wide receivers to make this all work. And the way this offense, Chip Kelly's offense runs, you're going to be on a lot of man-to-man with this hurry-up offense. So does speed help you on the outside? Absolutely it does. Absolutely. Now, going forward, if you want to look into the slot position for wide receiver, um, it looks like it's between Ellington and Drace Anderson. Okay. And then um, behind Torrey Smith, when he comes out, uh, DeAndre Smelter and whoever the backup in the slot, most likely that'll be that. Um, and then uh, quickly, I want to I wanna go over some other um, people that 
I know people are going to call me out on these cuts, but I think these are people that do get cut and maybe additions are coming. Um, obviously, center Marcus Martin, I don't think makes a team. I don't think Kenneth Acker makes his team. I think he might be the last on the depth charts as far as I'm concerned. Uh, cornerback Cleveland Wallace, um, cornerback Prince, I, I just think it's a numbers game. Um, defensive line, Demetrius Cherry. You have uh, Glenn Dorsey. That That's the big question. Glenn Dorsey, okay. W- what are we going to get out of Glenn Dorsey this year, okay? If it's someone that they don't think is going to benefit us, um, he could be a surprise cut. Um, B.J. McBride, um, another surprise cut, or I think trade, would be defensive lineman Tony Gerardetti. I know a lot of people won't agree with me on that one, but that's a very big possibility. Brandon Thomas, he's been a bust since we drafted him. We gave him that one year, and he really hasn't improved. Um, Eric Pierce, again, I think it's just people we have at bare line. Uh, Kicker John Lunsford, gone. Um, Linebacker Jason Finecki, gone. Um, Linebacker Corey Lamanet, he's... He's gotten better this year in preseason. But has he made enough plays to make this roster? Now, with Aaron having that four-game suspension, maybe six rounds a bit longer. I don't see him long-term long at the end of the year on this team. Okay? Um, Kendall Gaskins, we know that was more of a body camp. He has been for the last couple of years. Um, I think one of one of two people get cut. Dewan Harris or Sean Drone, probably Dewan Harris, just for the fact that Sean Drone probably brings a little bit more to the game under Chip Kelly's system. So I think it's, um, you know, I think it's something to really look at. So um, now I think because of Cromartie going to safety, I think LJ McCray could be a cut. But he is very good on special teams. So that one I'm not so so sure about. Uh, tight end, Buster Anderson. Don't think he's made enough plays. Do not like his blocking at this point. Uh, could be a practice squad guy. Um, you know, wide receiver, um, Ryan Whalen. Uh, DeAndre Campbell. Eh. Bryce Treggs, injured. Maybe you put him on IR, maybe on practice squad. Now, here's the one that I want everyone's input, okay? And I know he had problems with his weight issues. I know he had problems, um, you know, with his wife. His wife was pregnant, um, so he was eating what she was eating, which I don't get. But what about adding someone like a Carlos Williams on the staff, Okay. So if you add Carlos Williams, you would have, obviously, you know, Carlos Hyde. You would have Davis, and then you would have Taylor, and Carlos, Carlos Williams, sorry, um, maybe is on the roster but doesn't dress why he gets better back, back into better shape. Um, so that's uh, – 
those are my cut, my surprise cuts. Obviously, that can change, but you know, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, so, um, so yeah. So that's that's the take for my cuts and what's going on this week. Um, and we are a couple of minutes away from the Heath Evans interview. Um, so at this time we are going to play a short commercial break and hopefully we'll be back with Mr. Heath Evans. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. The Niner Empire organization brings Niner fans together from all over the globe. The Niner Empire is a not-for-profit organization which exists with the sole intention of bringing 49er fans together from all around the globe and enhancing their fan experience year-round. Like our favorite team, our members represents with class. In addition to celebrating our team through thick and thin, we give back to our communities through charities and outreaches. Proceeds from the TNE membership program automatically goes directly into our community give-back fund. Payments from this fund are made to various charities and outreaches programs throughout the year. Please go visit at www.theninerempire.com. And remember, everybody, we have the takeover um, coming up in week two against the Carolina Panthers. So definitely go check that out. We also have the uh, takeover here in Chicago on December 3rd. Um, I will be there um, along with the Niner Empire. Um, so that's something um cannot wait um, for that to happen. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, okay. So, okay. So let's do this. Here we go. Okay. So we now welcome our guest who was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in the third round of the 2001 NFL draft. He also played for the Dolphins, Patriots, and Saints. The last which he won the Super Bowl while he was on injured reserve. He retired in 2010 season, and Heath Evans is an NFL analyst. And you can follow him on Twitter at HeathEvans44. And you also can see Heath throughout the week on NFL Network, NFL Total Access at 4 p.m. Pacific. And with that, I would like to welcome Heath Evans to Niners Radio. And how are we doing today, Heath? I'm good, man. How are you guys? Man, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You just come out for a workout or something? Man, you work out a lot. <laughs> I have to say I that, just, man. <laughs> I do. I get a bit. I actually just came uh, heading back from Rams practice, popped down there to see Les and Jeff and hang out with the boys for a little bit and see uh, see what they're trying to build there. Beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. All right, let's get after it. Uh I'm sure it's not the first time you heard this, but there's not a lot of love from the 49er fans on the situation on the situation when it, when uh, our name our name shows up. So from from an old school guy like me, um, I'm sure there are reasons. You know everything. Hopefully that you can tell the 49er fans from your side that maybe you can explain on the NFL Network. 
Um, well, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's pretty simple. I mean, you can, I mean, the good thing about being an NFL network is you can go back to NFL.com and check everything I've said about the Niners for the last five years. Uh, when Jim was there, I was a big fan. I was a big fan of the discipline. I was a big fan of the toughness. I was a big fan of the run game. I was a huge mm-hmm. fan of the way they stopped the run on defense. I was a big fan of, of how aggressive their defensive back end. Um, no one's got more respect for Patrick Willis and Navarro. I've played against both those guys. Um, listen, what, they're, what they brought to the table was special. Um, that defense was tops in the league for, what, the better part of three seasons? Um, Absolutely. And I praised them thoroughly, you know. Um, of course, uh, back 2011, my first year on TV, they played the Saints in the divisional round, get the best of them. Great game plan. Alex played great down the stretch. Of course, I picked the Saints to win because they're my boys. I love them. It's Sean Payton. So I don't ever sure. put my team bias aside because I'm human, just like you guys don't put your bias aside for the Niners, even though you cover them on Sports Talk Radio. Um, we're all human. We're all passionate about what we love and believe in. And, you know, I love the, the Pats. I love the Seahawks. And, um, and I definitely love the, the Saints. Uh, those are guys that invested in me. Sure. That being said, um, you know, I, I was critical when they couldn't get things matched up with Jim Harbaugh. I was very critical of, of you. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think we got a bad connection with Heath here. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, it looks like we lost Heath. you got to love those mobile things. you got to love those mobile. I'm sure he'll call back any minute. Um, got to love that. <laughs> Go buy a truck. You never know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's put him back on here. Hey, he. Sorry about that. <laughs> yep. Back connection That's all right. There. Back connection That's there. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. Anyway, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure where I lost you guys at, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so, um, you know, we had our friend of the show and your partner, Eric Davis, on the show, and your name did did come up. <laughs> um. And, um, it, you know, it it does seem like, and I'm trying to put this politely, it does seem like whenever the 49ers come up, um, you you kind of take shots at the organization. But at the same time, Eric was explaining that you are very critical of not just the 49ers, of everyone that you, you, you study very well. You're a good guy. <laughs> um and you have nothing against the 49ers, but um, maybe the upper management, how this, how this organization is being ran. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, I'll tell you this, last, last season, and you know, Trent wasn't one of them, but I got mm-hmm. three calls from three different GMs across the league last year about my analysis of their team. They called me because I was dead on right, and they didn't like the feedback and the, the frustration that they were getting from – a, their ownership as well as some of the fan base because I called them out on how they drafted, how they built their team. Um, I was critical when Trent and Jed couldn't get it worked out with, with uh, um, Jim. You don't let coaches like Absolutely. that walk away. Um, nope. And so when the, the few um, older veteran statement, statesmen on that team that I know, respect, and played against, um, mm-hmm. loved Jim and thought they were going in the right direction and you let pride get in the way, um, yeah, I've got a problem with that. The Chip Kelly is different. 
because Jed obviously has the wrong people in his ear. In, in, in Jed's defense and in Trent's defense, um, I, I can verify for a fact that Chip had a hard time filling his coaching roster because people didn't want to coach for him, and that's just verifiable truth. It's fact uh, because of what people have seen and come to believe what I saw three years ago when I scouted him at Oregon. Um, but I'm not sure Chip was their first off option. I know when you get rid of a coach like Jim Harbaugh, who's one of the winningest coaches in his three-year span, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of guys that want to go take that job because they're, how are you going to be more successful than what Jim was? So um, there's some institutional issues there that have to be corrected before the Niners can get back on the track that your passionate fan base wants to see them at. But they played dominant football, what, 11, 12, 13? Mm-hmm. And yep. the, the NFL world loved not what Jim had done, but what those players were doing because they did it the right way. They were physically and mentally tough, and it was some of the most fun tape to grade across the league. And then when it went south, it went south really quick. Now, since since you're with the Patriots, uh, you know, um, from my sources, I've heard for, for since Jim's left, um, they wanted one coach and one coach only, and that was Josh McDaniels. And Josh would not take their phone call. Now I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe you can get back to me and confirm that. But um, you know, if you have someone that Josh McDaniels, and you know, obviously you know, as a Forty Nine er organization and Forty Nine er fans, you're going to go with who they hire, okay? And I don't think obviously Chip Kelly didn't hire. No one was calling for Chip Kelly, um, besides the 49ers. Um, and obviously with Tom Sula and, you know, even, even go further back, Mike Singletary. Um, you know, those were, I don't know if they're emotional hires. Um, obviously, they, those were the wrong, the wrong hires. Um, but the question is, what I have for you is, um, from an organization that you, you've seen all 32 teams, You've talked to people that we'll never talk to. Um, you know, what is what is the word around the 49ers, what the 49ers are as far as a system? Do they believe that Trent's running the whole system and Jed's got nothing to do with it? And he'll probably be the I, fall guy at the end of the year? Yeah, I, I can't speak to that. And the one thing you, I hope you guys can appreciate about me, if I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. And I, and I, don't, I don't know that. Um, that'd probably be a question. Eric knows the intimate details of this franchise inside and out. And I'm glad you guys were able to have Eric Davis on because he's a smart, sharp ex-football player that uh, is really good at his job. But um, that being said, I, there's a lot of owners that have the wrong people in their ear. And like I said, I got three phone calls from different GMs around the league last year because I'm sure their owners went to them and said, hey, what's this Heath guy saying you know, on TV about this, this, and this? And then their season unfolds and their O-line sucks or their D-line sucks or their team wasn't built right, and that gets exposed midway through the year. Um, listen, I analyzed stuff that Mike Holmgren taught me, Bill Belichick taught me, uh, briefly Nick Saban and Sean Payton, four outstanding coaches all in their own right, whether national championship coaches or Super Bowl. So I've got a, a good sense of what works and what doesn't work in this league, and it's not that difficult. But a lot of our owners entrust people to give them advice that have no business advising anyone on anything to do with NFL football. They might be good businessmen. They might be good with the math. They might be good with the checkbook. They might be good in other areas of analytics or something that comes into our game that's a small factor. Um, but there is instinctual gut level that our, our great game of the NFL takes. 
and there's just a lot of bad, a lot of great, well-intended owners that are just getting bad advice. And the Chip Kelly hire was was just that, and that frustrates me because there's a lot of other men in this league um, that have paid their dues and earned their stripes that deserve opportunities to coach the young men that you guys love and cheer for every Sunday there in the Bay Area um, mm-hmm. to a lot more wins and then put them in a system that's going to benefit them long-term. You know, Navarro Bowman last year you know, worked day in and day out to keep his knee healthy to where he could perform at a high level on Sunday for all you guys that love him so much. There's no one that sure. respects Navarro more than me. I love what he's gone through to get his knee back to where it is, where it can perform. Chip's going to run that poor man in the ground. His defense is going to be on the field for 36, 37-plus minutes a game. It's going to hurt guys that I love and respect. So people question my passion of why I can't stand what Chip Kelly brings to the NFL because it's bad for players, it's bad for business, and it's never going to want to win a championship. If people are happy with 10 games a year, you can sucker 10 bad teams into 10 wins a year just like you did in Philly two years in a row. But every year, the critical numbers got worse and worse and worse. He got more exposed, more exposed, more exposed. And I told people three years in advance what was going to happen, just like I said. Well, what what I don't understand is when Nick Foles was there and, and they were winning, was it the defenses weren't catching on what they were, what he was doing in, at first, it, and then they it's caught the on? It's the easiest thing. In the, it's the easy, look, at, look at year one with Nick Foles and then year two. Nothing changed okay. in Chip's system. Nothing changed with Nick. He's 27-2 and two his first year. You go back and watch the tape. Chip brought in all these, like, short, divided routes. You had guys starting on the line of scrimmage, and then at the snap of the play or snap of the ball, they'd retreat two and three yards in the backfield. You had a whole bunch of defenders, what I call chasing space. They were chasing players that never were going to break the, the defensive system. And they were creating a lot of open passing lanes. So a quarterback like Nick Foles can make a Pro Bowl going 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. The next year, you throw on the tape and says, hey, we're not chasing those shallow routes. We're not chasing those routes behind the line of scrimmage. We're going to eat up the space underneath. And there was very little, very few windows to throw the ball into. And so year one, Chip was really good from 20 to the 20. But okay. tight space opportunities, red zone, he was garbage. The first year, go check the numbers. He couldn't score in the tight red zone, which those are the best offenses. Jim Harbaugh was great at that. You look at short yardage and goal line situations, Jim was great at that. Chip Kelly has been horrible from year one. It got worse in year two, and it got extremely worse last year in year three. And so you ask, why, why was Nick so successful year one? Because it was mm-hmm. new. People were chasing space. Year two, they stopped chasing space, and Nick Foles was Nick Foles. And then year three, the wheels fell off because players inside the locker room, it's okay trading players away because your personality don't fit your head coach. There's a lot of great head coaches that do that every year. So I don't fault Chip. If you don't want Shady on your team, great. If you don't want D-Jack on your team, great. I don't mind giving away talent to get in the type of horses you need in your stable. That's what great coaches do. Bill Belichick did it. Uh, John Harbaugh had done it in, in Baltimore. Bill Cowher did it back in the day. Mike Tomlin did it when he got to Pittsburgh. That, that's fine. I don't fault him for those things at all. What I fault mm-hmm. him for is not being able to lead men and then never being willing to change his system. You guys do realize last year you guys were tied to the Philadelphia uh, Eagles defense for most time spent on the defensive field at 34-plus minutes a game. Your defense is nowhere near as talented as Philly's defense does. Offense mm-hmm. near as talented as that offense was in Philly. That defense this year potentially, potentially could spend 38, 39, 
40 minutes a game on the field. I will cry for Navarro Bowman and some of those other guys that I love and respect. It's a shame. Chip, listen, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. And so, th- therefore, I tried to explain my, my passion as best I can. It has nothing to do yeah. with the Niners. I love great football, and I love a lot of the players on that team. Heck, I like some of the coaches on, the, on that staff. But all in all, um, this game is forever changing, but it never changes. It always comes down to physical and mental toughness, and Chip doesn't want to play a physically tough brand of football. It's elementary-style blocking schemes. It's elementary passing schemes, and the league's caught up to it. Y'all need to pray that Colin Kaepernick is his back 225, 230 physical self that can run and do the things that he did two and three years ago because if it's not, it's going to be a complete, and I mean a complete disaster barn burner this year. That team will – they don't have the pieces. Um, it, it, it's – yeah, it's that's, that's just the truth. <laughs> okay. All right, so – uh, got one more question, then we're going to go into something else here. Um, okay, here's my only issue with with you, Heath. All right, let's talk about the two and fourteen you predicted uh, for the Forty ers There is no I way. Was, we... I think it was three and thirteen. No, no, because you said you can put an L. You can put an L on that. Uh, oh, what, what game was that? The Jets. You said you can put an L up yeah. there. So technically, technically, okay. All right, so you guys could go zero and sixteen. Okay. I'm just done. No, no, hold on. We're gonna get to that. Okay. So my my thing is okay. Let's look at let's look at a couple just a couple teams here. Rams, Dallas, Bucks, Dolphins, Bears. Let's talk about those teams. What have okay, the Rams now let's done? Be, what, what's the Rams done inside your in in that division the last couple of years? They've dominated inside that division. It's okay though. That defense they, is a ferocious. Who hitters. else? They're, who they're else? Good tacklers in open space. I mean. We can. I mean, listen. This. I don't just wing these things now. No, I mean, no, I can no, no, take no, out no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Let me finish this now. Okay. Now, I, I personally think we have a better O line than any of those teams. You have Staley, Garnett, Kilgore, Davis, which we haven't talked about him coming back around. That, by the way, that prediction was before we knew Anthony Davis was coming back, and then Brown on the right tackle side. Now okay. with those, now, now let me take. Okay. The, the, hold on, just, uh, let me interrupt. Okay. Just for, okay. So, yeah. um, J- Jason Peters, Travis Kelsey, um, mm-hmm. oh gosh, the, the big right tackle. Um, they just got suspended for ten games in Philly. Um, yeah, I, that yeah. that O line in Philly was full of monster beast. So it's the blocking scheme. So you guys are talking players. I like a lot of your players. What I get but you, out of the you don't, scheme of. The players don't matter because Chip doesn't coach players. He coaches his scheme, and his scheme is broke. But you don't think those five guys can – now, I understand what you're saying, the scheme. If it's, it's a spread it's offense, if it's spread offense, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying there. I understand what you're saying. If you give those five guys to Andy Reid in Kansas City, you'd probably be able to rival the Dallas Cowboys. So hopefully fans can start to understand that this isn't a, a necessarily – the cupboard is bare in some areas of that team. But if you're looking at talent, we don't – he had one of the most talented rosters in Philly for three years. And but they weren't playing as a team, though. They weren't playing as a team. Uh, they Who's were playing individually. That? That, Whose well, fault is that? <laughs> well, yeah, it's head coaches. You're right. You're right. It's head coaches. But, right. I mean, there was and a those, lot of head cases the, on those teams, though, Eve. Who, who there, was, there was. He, he, he got rid of them. 
Exactly. Who was the head case last year? Exactly. Who was the head case But who was the head case last year? Who knows? There wasn't one. And, and the thing is, is like if you talk to anyone that's ever played with Shady McCoy, they love him. And if you talk to coaches around the league, they love him. D. Jack's a different story. So I get it. I don't fault Chip for parting ways with D. Jack. I'm not a huge D. Jack fan. He's a super talent, but he is what he is. You know, so that, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, I love the move that Chip Kelly made for Sam Bradford. I think it was smart. I think Chip saw the same thing in Sam that I've seen in Sam for years. We're not talking about that. We're talking about his inability to coach at the NFL level. And we're not talking about yards, and we're not talking about ranked offenses. We're talking about when uh, Seattle Seahawks, two years removed, go into Philly week 15 with Mm -hmm. a depleted defense. And Philly is predominantly 95% healthy. And Pete Carroll holds that offense to 140 total yards and embarrass them in Philly. They just needed to win one more game. They get in the playoffs two years in a row. They make the playoffs, chips two first years. When you play good defenses, this team, this defense has never done anything, ever. Go check the tape. People all say, oh, they beat the Patriots last year. They beat them on three special teams blunders. And if you look at that Patriots roster in that game, uh, one healthy O-lineman, one starter on the offensive line, that defense, three linebackers were down, two D linemen, they, and they still couldn't do anything against that defense. They beat them on special teams mistakes. So congratulations, Chip Kelly. You've always coached special teams well. They're going to need to win eight, nine, ten games on special teams this year in, in uh, San Fran if that's the case. Okay. All right. Now, I, I, real quickly, I'd like to talk about our front seven. Now, the Rams, they probably have a better team than us as far as the front seven. But, you know, you have Brooks, Armstead, Dow, Buckner, Lynch. You have all-pro Navarro Bowman, Armstrong, which I I still think he's one of the better cover guys in the NFL. Next to the Rams. Let's take the Rams out of that. Okay. Once again, Dallas, the Buccaneers, and Dolphins, and the Bears. Who has but, but, a better front? Who, like, I, I understand, talking, but you're like, running but a different Eric, defense. Eric Ar- but, but Eric Armstead. Okay. Like, who is he? Like, if he's he's a, a a guy that's pretty to look at, okay. full of mental blunders on the field, and a guy who doesn't have a switch. And if he's listening, I wish I had one-tenth of his athletic ability. I wish my body looked like his. Because the stuff that I was made of would have – He'd be he'd be everything equal to Navarro Bowman at the defensive line, but talent doesn't get you anywhere in this league. So again, I, I this I'm on the out, I'm on the inside of this NFL track game that that looks at players differently. Mm-hmm. I don't get enamored mm-hmm. with talent because I've seen the talent, but I've also played with the John Randalls. I've played with the Randy Mosses. I've played with the best this game's ever had to offer. And so there's a certain way you have to do it. There's a mentality you have to play with. I mean, Glenn Dorsey. Is, is, a, is a really good player at times, at times. But I don't get enamored. Uh, Buckner, we don't know who he is. Do I get excited about his potential? Yeah, the kid should be a monster. Mm-hmm. Should be. But we don't know yet. Um, yeah, I've always Ahmad said – I've always said – Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Ahmad is a beast. He's proven himself over and over again. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, and so and there's – Navarro, we can go on and on and on. Um, but – but Aaron still has a lot to prove in this league. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I like what yeah. he brings to the sure. table. There's a toughness to him. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to. I'd love for him to be on my team. But but again, Aaron's not striking the fear of God in any in any offensive coordinator. So you guys got to constantly remove yourself from the fan and just try to be unbiased about who these players are on tape. And I know that's tough because you guys bleed oh, that, yeah. that golden red. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah right. But right. so, it, but again, I mean, those your front seven. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't even compare to Seattle's. You know, it, it's not even linebackers alone. Despite Navarro being there, you know, it, it's just there's there's so much more speed and athleticism. You guys don't have mm-hmm. a Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett and J.J. Watt, they're, they're two. Like, and then Aaron Donald, those three guys live on an island of their own. And you guys don't oh, have sure. a player like yeah. that. You know? Well, I, I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, talent, you know, you draft the talent, you hope that they live up to that potential. But um, let's uh, – and, and one thing, one thing, I don't want you to have a bad taste in your mouth. I, I respect the heck out of you, Heath. I, and I, I, I love what you said there. Um, I, I might disagree with you. But I mean, that's okay, and and that's fine. That's football, you know. Um, let's talk about something that um, is really special here. Let's talk about a twenty-one, and Love everyone it. go to www.a21.org, and um, and Heath, let's talk about um, what is a twenty-one. Well, people have heard of sexual slavery. I think people don't mm-hmm. fully understand how rampant it is even here in the States, um, but worldwide, the, I mean, this epidemic that we're battling, A21 is an organization that's not just helping girls here and, and young boys here in America that have been literally captured into slavery, like, like we're back in the uh, early 16, 1600s uh, and sold, but not for a workforce, but for sexual favors. And this is stuff that we're battling all over the world. A21, no one does it better. Um, but you can mm-hmm. get on there, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter. It's at A21 and see what they're doing. But this is something I don't care if you have a quarter a month, a dollar a year. Um, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, if you have nieces and nephews, if you have a pulse, um, there's we can argue about um, all these good causes to support. Um, but this is okay, our kids yeah. um, that are being stolen and robbed and literally sold into sexual slavery. And I can't even do it justice in this thir- short 30-second window of time. But just follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter, get on their website, as you just said. It's just something, to, no matter how much the Niners fans hate me, they can love this organization. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, out of uh, respect for coming on our show, um, I'm going to donate $500 um, from Niners Radio uh, to that foundation. And I would like to maybe give you a challenge. If you're up for it, I'm going to put you on the spot. If the 49ers go 8-8 eight and eight this year, okay. you come back on the show and say, guys, I was wrong. I'm sorry, 49er fans. If I'm wrong. How about this? And, okay. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to make I'm, it easier for you. I was going to make it 6-10. and 10. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I make an additional $200 donation. That, you're on, buddy. You're, you're on. Okay. That, that's okay. easy. Listen, okay. and for all the <laughs> listeners, man, I, I, for Navarro's sake alone, I hope they win 10 games. I hope they go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Listen, I would be fine with Chip Kelly proving me wrong. Um, but obviously you guys know I'm passionate about what I 
see and believe in, and, and that's just where it comes from. But um, I don't wish anyone ill will, um, but I, I do get frustrated with the way decisions are made in this league. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of good coaches that were trying to be hired by the Niners that, that didn't want that job once Chip Kelly, you know, became the head coach there. And that's just the stuff that they're going to they're gonna fight. But, I, listen, 6-10, and 10, I come back on, say I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm wrong, I'm an idiot, you guys are right, and uh, we have okay. fun. Okay. All right, you got a deal. Okay, so you can find, you can also find Heath Evans um, at Instagram and Snapchat at Heath Evans forty four, and Heath, thank you so much for coming on. It, it's been a uh, it's been a pleasure, um, and uh, maybe down the future I'd like to set up uh, where you and Eric both come on one day. That would be a cool show. Love it. That would be no a problem. cool show. No problem. Thanks for <laughs> having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Heath. Have a great night. Take care. You too. <laughs> bye bye now. Okay, and that was Mr. Heath Evans. So, uh, yeah, wow. Okay. Got a little heated there for a minute, but that's okay. That's okay. Straight love for Heath. Um, So what we're going to do now, guys, is I do need to take a kind of shorter break here. Um, And uh, everyone's uh, maybe calm down a little. So, um uh, after this, um, we are going to play a a song here, and uh, after that, um, we'll be back, and we'll have our next interview. So we'll be back after these quick messages.
So um, Jim's been following us for a while, and um, Jim's helped uh, kind of help retweet our stuff, and um, yeah, I, we really appreciate that. And um, I want to give out Jim's um, Twitter handle, um, and that's Jim Walker underscore USA. Um, and you know, Jim's not just j- just someone that we follow, um, but he's a great person, a diehard faithful, and a story that will change everyone's lives here. Um, Jim, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, what year did you start following the 49ers first? Well, about 1968, 67, 68, I started playing Pop Warner football with Pat Tittle's son, Y.E. Tittle's son. Well, I'm sorry, Y.E. Tittle. The boy's name was Pat. Tittle. And uh, so I played <laughs> Pop Warner football with him. And the, inter- one, the only interesting thing out of that is is that uh, the helmet that I wore was a leather helmet, just like you see in those old pictures with one little – plastic bar across the front. That's what I started playing with. Unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. And yeah. um I, <laughs> and I, I like to ask all the all the forty nine fans, um uh what what is your favorite ga- game as a forty nine er fan growing up? The favorite game, I think it was uh and you know I can't tell uh, who did the alley oop the alley oop was that the Forty Niners? Alley oops, yeah, alley Bowman's, yeah, yeah, RCO, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, RCO, you know, and, and uh, my father yeah. knew uh, Leo Namalini, and uh, I met him one time at the Elks Club, and uh, you know we used to watch Leo Namalini and everything play, but I, honestly I can't tell you one particular game uh, because I started watching you know when I was really young, um, you know the the one with Joe Montana and. Uh, Dwight Clark was, you know, pretty much off the hook. Uh, I, you know, the Super Bowl game with uh, Colin Kaepernick, where we just, you know, missed it by by inches. That was to me one of the most exciting games I've ever seen. And since we have a personal connection with him, uh, I, I'd have to go with that game, the almost Super Bowl game with Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah, I think we all remember that. We all remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So as far as this year, what are you excited about uh, coming into the season? And um, I guess what is your favorite player from past or present? Well, you know, I'm going to have to go with Colin. I just have to because uh, oh, my okay. daughter met him. My daughter met him, and they had a connection, and she asked him to marry her. And you know, after that, what's the dad gonna do? But he has to support his daughter. So, absolutely. I going, yeah, I got to be going with him. And you know, as far as this year goes, I'm excited for all the new talent and the fact that it seems like the problems uh, that were present last year uh, have pretty much been rectified. I mean, it's still preseason, but things are looking really good. And you know, Collins is getting healthy, and he's going to be thrown tomorrow, hopefully. And yep. there's a lot of depth in a lot of the positions so it's a very motivating time for a 49er fan although we're going to be faithful no matter what it doesn't matter what the That's scores right. are doesn't matter win or lose we're going to be there but it's nice to have that motivation and to see those guys and the you know the practices that uh 
Taylor and John, you know, showed in the mornings uh, from Colorado. That was fantastic. And, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing just I, I love all the new media and the season is looking good. Can't wait for the for the games to start coming, especially October 2nd. So I'm a, I'm a just going to say you were probably a Jim Harbaugh fan since he's the one that uh, dra- <laughs> kind of made a statement they wanted to draft Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yes. No, I do like Jim Harbaugh. I think that he was a, a extremely, and still is, an extremely talented coach. And I think it was a tragedy that he had to leave us because look what he took us to, the, you know, the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So, you know, uh, I don't know anything about the backstory. It doesn't really matter to me. No, uh, no, it doesn't. But I did like him, and I do like him, and I, 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 I follow him on – on the uh, social media, I like the things that he says. He seems like a very honorable man. Uh, the football players all seem to have been, you know, behind him 100%. So, yeah, I like Jim Harbaugh a lot. Awesome, awesome. And uh, last 49-year question before we get before we move on. Um, what do you think Chip Kelly needs to do to get back to that for us to be fighting for a championship? Well, you know, the number two affirmation in human beings after survival is affirmation. And it looks like he's given it. It looks like he's talking to the players, that he's affirming them. He's giving them positive and constructive feedback. Uh, he's very, you know, straightforward and no BS with his, uh, his press conferences and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, I played high school ball. That's as far as I got. My dad died and I had to stop. But uh, when you – can motivate your players when you can stand behind your players and they feel that that's when you're going to get the best performance out of your players i think chip kelly haven't met him but he sure looks like he's the answer it looks like he's going to be able to talk to our team get them fired up get them together as a team uh motivate them and have them get out there on the field because i think they have the talent i mean there's no question you know you get up to that level you get up to the nfl level you've got the ability to play that game and to execute and but you got to have the motivation and you got to have trust in your coach and in the support staff and in your fellow players you develop that affirmation you develop that cohesiveness and you're going to take care of business i honestly think that chip kelly has brought that to the 49ers <laughs> yeah i do believe so i do believe so let's hope so let's hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> right <laughs> let's hope so yeah um now um Okay, let's get to a more serious thing and beyond football. Um, your okay. nine-year-old, nine, your nine-year-old daughter, Audrey Rose, uh-huh. uh, was born with severe heart disease. Yes, and um, and is blind. Um, yes. So, uh, please tell us about about your daughter a little bit more, so everyone can understand this. Well, just real briefly, in her first ultrasound, uh, my degree is in human performance, so. I saw there was something seriously wrong with her heart, and they told us she was going to either be born dead or blue. We weren't going to be able to touch her, boom and boom uh, So there was severe heart disease there. Um, the only doctor in the world that could save her life was up at Stanford, and he did. And then she almost lost her life again when her throat started growing closed, emergency surgery by a doctor that just happened to be walking by the hallway five minutes before we were going to be excused. She's had three open-heart surgeries. She, she doesn't have any eyeballs, so that's kind of a, a downer there. Uh, and she's a fighter. She loves the 49ers. 
Um, she's fought through this. You know, she gets hurt every day, stumbling on her feet, smashing into things. Uh, you know, her heart gets hurt every day because, you know, what does she do at recess and lunch? The kids are out playing and running around and stuff, and it's kind of difficult for her. So she gets her heart hurt. She gets disappointed, and she gets physically hurt on a daily basis, and she's been through dozens of uh, of procedures, but what I can tell you is, is that she is a scrapper. She she loves to listen to the 49ers. Um, she got to go on stage with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Colin Kaepernick has a, a charity called Camp Taylor, and they had a golfing a golfing fundraiser. They asked Audrey to go on stage. Cold turkey, seven years old, blind now, in front of 400 people, uh, eating dinner, making all that noise, and she got to meet Colin Kaepernick, and it changed her life. And the 49ers has been part of my life, like I said, since about 1968. And they just keep touching my family. And so he touched Audrey. You know, she took control of that stage. If you just type into your computer, Audrey Rose and Colin Kaepernick, you can watch that on YouTube. And uh, it'll touch you. It it doesn't. I was crying during during the whole thing. So what I can tell you is, is, you know, at nine years old, you know, a blind person, you know, she misses out on about 95% of life. That void is partially filled and wonderfully filled by the 49ers. And we just keep, you know, we just keep recontacting the 49ers. They, they, have, a, they have an incredible program where she got to go and do some education stuff uh, in their museum or whatever. And hey, that Jim, was wonderful. Hey, Jim, is there, sure. is there a radio you're playing in the background? No, there's definitely not. Uh, my computer's on, but um, I'll turn it off. If it, uh, but no, there's no nothing going on. Sorry, computer's off. Okay. I don't know what I don't know what it could be. I'm sorry. Hold hold on one second here, Jim. Hold on one second. Okay. Lines? Yeah, we're gonna change lines here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it was coming from here. Okay, let's see here. Yeah. Like... Okay. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. We're going to tell you what, Jim, we're going to take a short break and we are going to call you back. Okay.
some plays and you try to make a move and she says no way. Girls are faking, goodness faking. They want the man who brings home the bacon. Got no money and you got no cars and you got no women. And there you are. Those girls are statistic, materialistic. Looking for a man makes them opportunistic. The lion on the beach perpetrating a chance so that a brother with money can be their man. So on the beach you're strolling, real high rolling. Everything you have is yours and not stolen. A girl runs up with something to prove, so don't you stand there but
might say something to you. This is just going to be funny. It's not real, okay? Can I just say something to you? Yeah. I know who you are. You're a world-famous uh, football player. Do you want to marry me? <laughs>
start this year. Um, you know, there's always been questions. Would maybe they put him on the PUP list? Let's hope not. Um, I would like to definitely, I'm definitely a Colin guy. I would love to see Colin. And uh, Christian Ponder for basically coming off the Raiders a year ago, sits, uh, sits out of the season. And, uh, you know, is he challenging for that two or three spot? Who knows? Um, but uh, we'll find out um, this week. And it's, uh, it's going to be, a, I think, a good contest. Um, there's still, I think, a lot of heated blood between us two. Um, because the 49 really have dealt with them pretty, pretty solidly over the years. So, obviously, that was with the Jim Harbaugh era. But, um, you know, I think tonight's show, um, unfortunately, we had some big technical difficulties tonight. Um, unfortunately, we are on a uh, company called Blog Talk um, that obviously had some kind of interference that was running. So um, I, we do apologize for that. Um, that's the only thing about us being a live show is we can't go back and fix that. And um, very, very sorry to our listeners out there, um, probably for the dead air and the music we had to play for those 10 minutes or so. Um, but, it, you know, tonight's show, I think you got a little different perspective of Heath Evans. Um, and, you know, we will re-air the show. Um, I will try to fix it so you don't have to listen to that if you want to re-listen to it again. Um, And, uh, you know, Heath has some good points. Um, Do I agree with him still? No, I don't. But, you know, as a 49ers, you know, that's why they call us the faithful. You know, we're faithful for one reason. And regardless how bad or good we are, you know, before, after the Mariucci days, We've been through this before. Do I think we're a lot better team than people think we are? Yes, I do. Do I think Chip Kelly can fix this? If you learn something from Philadelphia, yes, I do. Um, you know, I do believe we're still in that eight to eight, nine to seven range. Um, you know, there's going to be, there's always those couple games that, you know, we were not supposed to win. You know, and there's games that we should win and that we won't. You know, you look back at, you know, that game and where Ponder, Minnesota beat us that year, you know, screwed off our playing seat, you know. We're in – we're at the stick if we win that game. So, you know, that year could have changed everything. So, you know, all these games are important. Yes, we do have a very tough schedule. Um, but the but the games that I looked at, I looked at the Rams, I looked at Dallas, I looked at – you know, the Buccaneers, um, the Bears, Miami. These these are all winnable games. And if if they're trained right and they do their jobs, there's no reason why we can't be in the situation to win those games. And um, with that being said, you know, check out the game Friday. Um, then next week, um, we have um, Jamie Winborn on, and we have Eric Wright coming back. 
Um, so, again, another great week coming on next week, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Um, cannot wait to get those guys back on. Um, you know, it's it's, and then, you know, after the game next week, um, the, I want to say it's a sixth. Um, it's, no, I'm sorry, September 3rd. I believe is final cutdown day to get your rosters down to the final roster. Um, so obviously that's that's another thing you want to look at. You know, who's going to make this team? Who's not going to make this team? And what kind of trades can Trent get out there to maybe get us more picks? Maybe challenge us for other stuff? You know, maybe additions. Like I said with Carlos, maybe you do that. I I mean. There's so many things that Trent's got to do. And, yeah, is Trent I, – I think Trent's job is on the line. Yes, yes, I do believe that. You know, how many general managers get three coaches? It, it never happens. And he better take all the opportunity he can. And if he can upgrade this team somehow, he's got to do it. And people on Twitter were asking me about Josh Gordon. Yeah, I think it would be a great situation if the price is right, but are we going to give up the farm for Josh Gordon, a problem issue? Probably not, you know? So, um, you know, with that being said, um, you know, I, I can't wait to Friday, you know, see, see what's going on with that game. See how Colin does, you know, X, Y, Z. And we're going to find out, you know, what kind of team we have. I mean, I think by week, you know, by week five with that Cardinals game, I think we're going to find out what kind of team we really do have. You know, is it a team – I don't think it's a team that gives up. But, you know, is Heath Evans right? Are, are we – by the end of the year, are we going to be so tired? Because if we're doing three and outs, yeah, that defense is right. That defense is going to be exhausted. Um, so – with that being said, I'd like to play our thank yous. So on tonight's show, I'd like to thank you, uh, Heath Evans and Jim Walker, for coming on. Um, we would also like to thank the Niner Empire organization. And we would like to thank our sponsors that help us with our shows. Uh, Rombo Sports on YouTube, and make sure you go get his app. It's Rombo Sports. You can look, look that up in iTunes. Uh, Matt Andrew Kevich on Twitter, and you can follow him at G R U E L I N G Truth. And their weekly 49er show with Dexter Carter, The Grueling Truth, and find them at their website, gruelingtruth.net. Um, we would also like to thank James LeBritton, and you can find him at James P-L-E-B-R-E-T-O-N. Go check him out, and he also writes for San Francisco Niner Noise and GMS, and that's spent, that <laughs> that is for GMS stands for Great Moments in Sports. Very cool. Go check him out. Um, and then, obviously, uh, go read Cover 32, 
backslash 49ers, and you can follow them on Twitter at cover32 underscore SF. And um, I would like to thank everyone that listens to us on Niners Radio. It's not about the name on the back, but the logo on the helmet. We believe and watch our 49ers with passion, and that's why they call us the faithful. And with that being said, I would like to thank everyone that joined us over here at Listen to Niners Radio. And until next week, go Niners!